0: and welcome back to sharing the journey part two with pastor dave so let's just pick up right where we stopped um what happened with the christian blind institute and the outreach centers and all that stuff
1: um from 2009 to 2012 there was a downturn in the national economy and what that meant was for any ministry and churches offerings dropped and so the support financially was becoming more and more difficult. Um, we were actually at a staff in 2008 of six full-time people. And um, now I shouldn't say six people, half of them were full-time. No, four were full-time and three were part-time. Now that I think about it, so it was seven. And, uh, um, but then with the finances dropping, we had to drop first one person, then another person, then another and I could see something happening and it's like, hmm. So I opened up conversations with Lutheran Braille workers to say, you know, there are two ministries. We are different. Could we collaborate so well that we've become one ministry? And so avoid both of us having financial problems um, because they had had some financial problems, too, as all charitable organizations. And they said, you know. It's probably would be a good thing, by the way, the way and, and I've said this in front of them and my people and everybody laughs when I say this. Do you know how these two organizations started? Started because, well, I should ask you, Shelley, have you ever been in the room with two stubborn German ladies no (laughs) oh my gosh if you ever are you know how these one one of the ladies mabel said we got to do braille for sunday these kids in sunday school we're teaching them jesus and elaine said no we got to do braille so they can read the bible the bible's most important thing isn't it well it is important but we got to teach them sunday school lessons because if they don't have a sunday school lesson they won't understand anything about Jesus. no we got to (laughs) get two groups That's how it started. (laughs) And so as I started these conversations in 2010, it went into 11, and we finally were able to unite the two ministries in 2012. Um, And um, at first it seemed okay, but looking back, there are a couple things that didn't go real well with the the unification. Uh, They were really two different groups. Lutheran Braille Workers really was totally focused in on producing Braille. Our organization, Lutheran Blind Mission, was willing to do that, but also the hands-on ministry working with people. And, and that, if you're, in a, if you're in a warehouse and you're working quietly on your own, or if you're just with it, 10 people, and then all of a sudden you have to work with lots of people, lots of people with funny temperaments and attitudes, and, and, and uh, it's a lot different. And so they found that aspect of the outreach centers and the Christian blind institute difficult to work with. They kind of put that in my charge, but then again, the finances hit and um, they asked if I could retool to be a, instead of an outreach minister to be a uh, development officer, which means you go out and raise funds. I tried, but you can't turn a, 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 the Titanic or a big ship around in the sea uh in in, on a 90 degree turn boom it it takes a lot of time and we just didn't have time so after a year i was let go and i knew that and was willing to go away so in 2012 in the summer no october october um they let me go and i walked away it's kind of a combination kind of a combination Hmm. and at that point now we're coming into a different part of my life um i was 55 Immediately went to the the supervisor of my district and saying, I'm willing to be a pastor of any congregation. Would you put my name out there to see if there'd be churches? And he did. That's right, just like there is now. Silence. And I thought, oh boy, here we go again. They don't just like Audrey didn't want to date the blind guy. Now they don't want to take the blind pastor. Well, the supervisor actually told me later. Uh, after uh, uh, there's a third follow-up meeting, he said, "Dave, <laughs> hate to tell you, but it's it's not your blindness; it's your age. <laughs> <laughs> I was over 55." He said, "A lot of pastors have struggles, and he, and and the churches won't say it because they'll get a discrimination of age mm-hmm. thrown against them. But they want the young, vital pastor with the young kids who you know has 20 years' experiences, though he's only 35 years old." <laughs> Mm -hmm. and so it's just very hard for older gentlemen and ladies uh, to get positions when you're over 55 well the supervisor said I we don't have a church there but we do have a vacancy down in the inner city of St. Louis that they need a pastor part-time if you're willing to go help I said I'll do anything and this is after two years of doing nothing sitting at home uh, I was eager to do something. And this was a inner city. Well, you maybe remember back in, was it 2016, the Ferguson riots? Mm-hmm. Well, the Ferguson riots were actually kind of mild compared to what happened in North St. Louis where I was. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was a rough, tough area. And um, we, we started ministry hands because I'm a hands-on guy. The, the congregation was really only 20 people coming to church on Sunday. It uh, used to be 300, and now they're down to 20. Wow. We said, yeah, we want to reach the community. I said, well, we reach the community. There's a lot of kids running around. Let's have a meal for them and teach them Bible stories every Tuesday night. So that's what we did. And they were unruly. They were difficult. They were temperamental. I'm talking the kids now, not the parents. The parents, some were in prison, and others were just high on drugs and just not there. And these kids are running around with um, nothing. No guidance or supervision. His uh, grandparents, aunts, uncles, they sofa surfed, as we call it, going from sofa to sofa that night to the next night to where to live. But every Tuesday, they knew they could come to St. Paul's and have a meal and people who cared. And that reputation grew so that the, 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 the ministry grew that after two years, we actually baptized 13 kids Wow, 13 kids. And when you reach the kids, you reach their families. Yep. and we started reaching the families. I then, being a teacher/ slash trainer for so many years at Christian Blind Institute, was willing to teach and train someone and pass it off. and so I did. I teach taught and uh, trained somebody who to be the pastor there. And so then I stepped away. And just as I was doing that, then abiding Savior Lutheran, where I am now said, we need somebody to help us just in our parish with with uh, shut-ins and hospital calls and occasional preaching and and so that's what i started here now right alongside of all of this this has been the past seven years or so many people said to me dave you know you should start podcasting what's a podcast so i had to figure out what that was (laughs)
0: uh,
1: well i do like to talk so it did kind of fit I tried <laughs> and at writing and I found out I can't write. I mean, I can write, but I'm not a writer. Not that I sit down and I love to write for hours and, and please, and people are pleased with it, but I can't talk. So that's, I st- first started with uh, 16 people, 16 friends. Would you listen to this once a month for a while, just to see what you think? And I did that and they, they liked it. So I started a little bit more, a little bit more. And then I was able to get somebody to help me with uh the the uh, the, the web page and posting and and the podcasts have grown and grown and grown um last time i saw we on average we get 175 listeners to each of the podcasts but have a group of people over 400 who listen to them uh in in interspersed uh, uh not intermittently i should say mm-hmm. so it's it's a science wow of that's
0: amazing
1: yeah Yeah, it's by word of mouth, sharing and passing it on. So that ministry started while I was at St. Paul's and St. Paul said, sure, we'll come alongside and help you do that. What do we need to do? And I said, well, first, I just need some place that if I have donations come in to help support it, that you would manage the accounts for me. And they said, sure. And uh, um, and then as a being the Lutheran that I am. Um, I wanted something a little more official. So they did what they called a call or a contract to have me be the pastor to the blind. Hmm. Um, and so that happened at St. Paul's and the, all that transferred then now here to Abiding Savior. So I have that call or contract to, to serve people who are blind with podcasts. But then I also serve uh, uh, Abiding Savior. And during the past two years, we were in a vacancy. So I stepped up and did a lot more. No pastor. Um, actually a retired pastor and I, we kind of split it. So I was doing more activity there so that between the two, I really was a full-time person.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now we just got a pastor. And uh, I said to, to Amy on the staff, uh, uh, I feel guilty sometimes. I'm not doing as much as I used to. And she laughed and said, yeah, isn't it great? Uh, having a full-time <laughs> pastor there means I, I don't have to be there every day or doing something i can i can relax and i can be more of a true part-time person mm-hmm. so that that's kind of where we are now um oh the the last thing is and it was a god thing uh two years ago we were driving out of the parking lot here at a Biden saver on butley hill and Deb said, oh there's a house for sale just one house away from the church oh wow and i said okay well i'll call i called the realtor and said oh it's under contract well, maybe we should, God's telling us to look for other houses. So we looked in the in the general neighborhood of walking anywhere up to a mile. We really didn't find anything. I I said to Carrie, the realtor, I I think we're just going to give up and and uh, uh, just stay where we are. It's a 15-minute drive, and I'll have to depend on people as I have been. The next day, she called up and said that house is back on the market. Do you want to look at it? I said yes tonight, and it, we <laughs> gave her a down payment on the house that night and that's where we are now yeah god opened up the door
0: wow
1: his contract fell through so we could be here
0: so i'm curious when christian blind institute and and all that was ending was Mm -hmm. that did that challenge you spiritually or was it just something you knew was over and done and that was your season and
1: no, it did challenge me, very much so. Um, it was my baby. Um, I, I've seen a lot of uh, growth and maturity. I thought more potential that could happen. Mm-hmm. And and when it just didn't carry through, that was very hard. Um, that it, it took probably four, five years for me to say, well, that was my season. And a lot of good came from it. And I praise God for all that goodness. Mm-hmm. That took a long time, though. It really did.
0: How did you work through that? What was your.
1: Well, uh, as you do with anything, um, the first response is usually anger. And I, mm-hmm. so uh, I, I've a couple times said they let me go, but I walked away. Now, technically, that is true, um, although at first it wasn't so true. But as I look back, I knew that that the handwriting was on the wall; that my time there was done. I couldn't switch over to be a development officer, and God didn't want me there anymore. He was shutting the doors, mm-hmm. not 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 anything else. Mm-hmm. But that that took years to accept. I blamed them. This is where I'm coming to. I was angry, and I blamed them. Um, I, I'm thinking of. Um, um, when anyone does any grieving, there's stages of, of grief. Mm-hmm. And the first is denial. I, I, and probably for the first month, I denied it. Just, oh, yeah, well, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. And then it hit me like a clap of thunder two months after I was let go. And then I was angry. Um, I didn't do any negotiating with God because there wasn't any negotiation sure. for me to do. And so I had to learn to accept it how did i learn to accept it a couple things i I, with close people that i could trust i talked with Mm -hmm. um there are christian people who would be supportive and listen to me cry and that's really what it was physically did i ever cry about it no maybe i should have um but in really when it came to it emotionally i was crying and so they just let me cry and that's why i chose the people that I would open up to. I wouldn't do it to just anybody. Um, plus, I didn't want to badmouth Lutheran Brill workers. They sure. are still there and they're still a great organization. Um, they really are. They do great things. Um, so I didn't want to badmouth them. So I had a I, I again, I chose the people carefully. Some of it was through counseling, a professional. But Mm -hmm. some of it is just uh, with I can think of two pastors I talked to and and also then two very close friends just to let me cry. And then the encouragement to do something else. Um, And Laurel Jean, I don't know if you've ever met her. She's a musician. She was one of them. And I have to mention her because she was such a great encourager for me to try the podcast and was there all the time to to encourage me. And that helped it kind of goes back to my mom and that professor, Professor Myers. And this is what we did at outreach centers and what we try to do at the Christian Blind Institute. Not just say something, but carry through with every promise you make, showing care and compassion. Not just say it, but show it. That's what mom did. That's what Professor Meyer did. That's what Laurel Jean did for me uh, to help me to get over that to the next stage of life.
0: Wonderful when God provides people.
1: Oh, isn't it? it really is. Yes. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Yep.
0: Yep. Who are you thankful for who has inspired you in your faith journey? You already mentioned um some people, but is there anybody else you you want to mention? Anybody recent um
1: Well, I haven't mentioned my wife yet, I I shouldn't do an interview without mentioning my (laughs) gorgeous, beautiful, vivacious witty redhead wife, uh, because she's always stood there. And and she's always believed in me. And even at the darkest moments, she she'd sit with me. And 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 she was the best friend of all. Um, So certainly her. And um, um, now, I, it really in the formative points. I think I've shared everyone, and then I can I can mention little here, little there that I've been very honored to be with people and helped by people. But those are the ones that stick out for me.
0: Okay, how does God's presence in your life make a difference on a daily basis?
1: Hmm, you know. I, i've i've used this at the christian blind institute you may remember this I, I and actually i said it this morning to a couple pastors that i was with we're looking uh in uh, the end of february is the transfiguration the bible readings if you're in church in a liturgical church where they follow the set of readings will be about jesus ascending on the mountain becoming uh transformed to show his glory underneath but then he came down the mountain um and why, the question was, why did he do this? And it was, well, to show that he truly is God. In Matthew, the book starts, and I'm getting to the point of this, let's bear with me, that's in <laughs> Matthew 17. But in chapter one, um, uh, the angel said to Joseph, uh, don't be afraid to take Mary because the child will be, is of God, and you shall call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And what does Jesus say at the very end of the book? the last verse of the book, surely I am with you to the very end of the age. And then we come back to the transfiguration. Jesus was on the mountain. This is the middle of Matthew 17. He went up the mountain. The Peter, James and John were there and they said, oh, man, this is cool. Let's make three, three tents and we'll stay here with you. And but Jesus then came back to himself, uh, his normal earthly form that they saw. And he went down the mountain. It's such a comfort to know that our God is with us. I'm not alone. I'm not alone. He's there not only to forgive me, to strengthen me, to guide me. He's my source. He's the one I can turn to. Um, He's the one who created the universe. Heck, if he's willing to stick with me, (laughs) then it's got to be okay. So it means the world to me that he is with me. Everything.
0: So, what resources would you recommend, podcasts, besides your own, of course? Mm-hmm. Um, any other podcasts, books, whatever that you would recommend for people interested in growing in their faith?
1: I've come across a couple. Um, um, one, oh, no, I should have been ready for the names of these. There's one that's uh, by a, a, a cancer. A gal who recovered from cancer, uh, rectal cancer. She's not bashful to even say it. She's from Britain too. Um, and she does this with her Britain accent. I got bitten my boobie. And how does she say that? And, and I'm still walking around and God is good. And, <laughs> and she is there to give encouragement and help to people who are going through cancer. What I find was helpful that is um, cancer. when you get cancer, it's a shock. And, and it's a reality. You might die. And so she's dealing with people who are facing death and struggling, a shock. And, and the counsel and the podcast she gives has wonderful stuff. So I really like hers. Um, um, Nikki Hart. No. I'm sorry, I'm going ha- to have to.
0: If you get- want to um, email them to me, I can. Uh,
1: can I, I do in that? The show notes. That would be great. That would be great. There's another one called a 10-minute Bible story, 10-minute Bible study. And it's a, it's a real neat Christian guy. You just It's 10 minutes every day, and he works his way through the Bible. Huh. Um, he gives history, background, um, and, and, and he's got a wonderful voice to listen to. And he's not a talking head, a preacher. I mean, he really does his stuff well that engages you. It's really fun. Um, and I can get you that. That's another one I listen to. The other podcasts, be, believe it or not, I, I do some history. I do some trivia. I do. And, and quite frankly, I, I will load some new ones in, listen for three, four, five times, and then delete them uh, from my, my Victor uh, list. And I just like to hear what other podcasters do all over the place um, uh, to see hot what and how. Not just the topic, but the way they approach it—you uh, can tell if there's preparation and um, in, in, in what they're presenting. Um, it's it's just uh, the, the more. And you, you can tell I wasn't
0: prepared today because I had to pull up the list of questions. Well, I wasn't going to say that, but okay.
1: <laughs> but when you listen to some of these podcasts, it's, it's it's just a variety of all different topics. It's kind of fun. Because uh, you get to hear not only the ones that are produced by NPR, but then just the individuals from their houses.
0: I love to sound as good, good as NPR.
1: <laughs> and some of them sound better than NPR. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm, that's right.
0: This is another recently question. Are there, and you've covered a lot of ways, but are there specific ways that the Lord has been working in and through you lately?
1: Working in and through me lately. Um Um, with the vacancy with this church, I would go and I'd listen to a lot of people, and and uh, uh th- there's actually special programs with vac to help pastors who are dealing with vacancies, where they step in, and and there's five steps you listen. You learn what their history is. You help them resolve their history if there's unresolved problems. So that's one thing the Lord has helped me work through with this congregation. And, and by doing so, I've become very close to many people here um, just by by trying to to be their pastor, helping to get ready for the next pastor. That's been fun. Mm-hmm. That's been real fun. That's more of a professional pastor thing. Um, Uh, I have two teenage, well, no longer teenage daughters. They're now in their twenties and seeing them change and mature and grow. And the, the way they then view dad, that that's, it's a changing thing. And dad doesn't change real quick. Usually I don't like to change my socks. And, uh, so, um, uh, I'm, I'm having to learn that. And that's a growing thing for me just to see what the next level of being a dad is from being the the teacher to the counselor to the cheerleader to the well, with one now it's just uh, with Meg the younger one who's going out to uh, uh, Omaha it's like um, uh, way to go girl and, and pat her on the back and and uh, uh, not push her out but help know that I'm I'm encouraging her as well uh, as she goes so it's it's just a whole different role and and so having to do those types of things is, is a challenge to me that I do it right.
0: Okay. Last question. Um, how can I slash we, the listeners be praying for you?
1: How can we be praying for you? Well, the devil is always there looking to tempt and trip. So one way would be that the, uh, the Lord would continue to keep my eyes wide open to see the traps and snares that the devil may lay for me. Um, secondly, that um, the the podcast that I do reach the people that need it. Uh, I know that my podcast won't reach everybody and not everybody likes it. That's fine. But I do know there are some people who do need to hear it and should hear it. And, and God wants them to hear it so that that it will somehow connect with them. Um, those are the two big things that come to mind. Well, and, and the help, the third third would be in my time of transition. I mentioned I just coming, a new pastor came to church here. So now I'm having to step back. And twice I've caught myself already speaking up, saying like I was the pastor. And it's like, oh, no, that's Pastor Adam's job now. <laughs> And so I'm having to learn to be quiet, step back. And then what will my new role be in church? And part of that might be, I not be there in church. And so to balance it out and not feel guilty with my feet up on the, on the sofa, but that's okay.
0: Hmm.
1: I don't know. I don't know. There's a transition time here.
0: Okay. Well, this has been really, really great. I, uh,
1: I appreciate you you
0: coming and uh, being here. And I look forward to sharing it with everybody.
1: Fantastic. Thank you, Shelley. Thank you.